Hello, hello, Kristen here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the podcast name change. If you hear any old terminology, that's why. Thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Notable Woman Podcast. Today, I'm doing my first duo interview, and I'll be speaking with Rebecca P. Cohen and Marnie Penning Coleman. And these two are the team behind PJ's Backyard Adventures, a children's series about getting outside in the great outdoors. Now, how did I meet the wonderful Rebecca and Marnie? Well, from your favorite guest from episode number one, Tia Shearer Bassett. You can check out her episode at thenotablewoman.com slash episode one. I'm really excited to be speaking with these wonderful women today, and I hope you enjoy their interview. Welcome to the Notable Woman podcast. Today's interview is with Rebecca P. Cohen and Marnie Penning Coleman, two outstanding notable women. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, Rebecca, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, went to school, stayed there most of my adult life, um, had careers in the financial services industry, and decided that I needed more balance in my life. And it happened when I had kids. And I started saying, you know, what do I want my ideal life to be like? And when am I the happiest? You know, I was always racing around, you know, scooping the kids up in the morning, taking them to daycare, running down the hallways, hoping that they wouldn't be the last to be picked up. And I discovered that I was happiest when I was outside with my kids. And that changed my life for the good, for the better, for the rest of my life. That is awesome. Oh, Marty, tell me a little bit about you. Well, I grew up with Rebecca. <laughs> she is my younger sister. The two of us are the older two out of four. Grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and I have been an actress since I was probably six years old. I grew up and ended up in Shakespeare from a fourth grade teacher who loved Shakespeare and then ended up in a Shakespeare company and founding a Shakespeare company and and traveling all over the country and all over the United, uh, all over the world, actually, doing theater. And then uh, my second degree was in graphic design. I always thought I was going to be, you know, I was, was going to be an, a marketer and I was going to have four kids and a dog and I was going to do acting on the side and all that. And my life went in a completely different direction. And then I ended up being a full-time professional actress and I had my son who is now four, and he, having him, and I'm sure you know this, being a mom yourself, uh, changed my life completely. So I didn't want to be absent six nights a week doing doing shows. I didn't want to, I was resenting being in the room. And out of the blue, Rebecca called me and said, I have this idea, and I think I want you to illustrate it. And so it totally changed my life around, and now I'm more acting uh, doing audiobooks and, and voiceover stuff and doing the illustration for PJ's Backyard Adventures. That is awesome. And I did not know you were sisters. <laughs> Isn't there that great? That, that <laughs> is awesome. How fun to work with your sister like that. I love it. Yeah, It really has been an amazing collaboration. Probably one of the best. Oh, awesome. So Rebecca, what had you call Marnie and ask her to work on this project with you? Well, Five years ago, my first book was published. It's a parenting book called 15 Minutes Outside, 365 Ways to Get Out of the House and Connect with Your Kids. And that was from this journey of 
wanting to get outside and connect and bond as a family every single day, no matter the weather, which was a tall order, but it was a, a silent commitment I had made to myself. One gray, wet, uh, dull on the exterior day, New Year's Day in the D.C. area. And that experience of getting outside every day really brought us closer together. And at the time that my first book came out, I already had the idea for this children's book series. And it was based on uh, seeing so many kids, not just my own kids, but really the essence of their curiosity and their wonder and how our experiences outside ended up in their writing at school and the, the stories that they would tell and make up. And, you know, I really wanted to write uh, about outdoor play for children at a time when they were learning how to read because I saw how, um, what, how my own kids really attached themselves to creating their own adventures from the time that we had outside. And so PJ, the character in PJ's Backyard Adventures, is really the essence of every child. Curious, he's full of wonder. He loves to play outside. Every child does. Sometimes the parents are the ones who are the obstacles. I certainly found that for myself. But I couldn't draw the pictures. <laughs> So this idea literally sat on the shelf um, for a while until I had the guts to ask my sister to help me. And I, it was amazing that really the solution was right in front of me for years. I just had to um, muster up the courage to ask somebody so close to me if she would be willing and open to try this out together to see if this was something I knew she could draw the character, but to see if it was something that she liked to do. You know, this was a bit of a uh, left turn for her uh, being a professional actress, but I had seen her draw, you know, overnight a mural on her basement wall for her son's first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I completely knew she was capable. It was just, you know, how would it be working together? And would this be something that she would enjoy doing? And I sheepishly called her one day and she said, sure, I, I'd love to help you out. And um, it was from there that once she did it, I said, so how did you actually feel about this? I know that you're my sister. You would do anything to help me, but I would want this to be something that fulfilled you as well. That is awesome. So Marnie, you know, I have to ask, tell me about this mural that you painted. <laughs> So, you know, your kid is one year, one year old and, and, and you get to that point and you're like, oh boy, this is such a huge milestone. And on their first birthday, you think this is it, right? I've, I've passed a parenting milestone. And then first birthday and one day is like the same day as the day before. <laughs> there are no breaks for parents. So we were like, you know what? It's, we want to do something really fun and special. So we were about to tear our house down and renovate it. So we were like, well, instead of like like making big signs, why don't we just draw on the wall? And so I I drew Tigger and uh, a gigantic banner on our wall that said happy first birthday. And um, in the kitchen, or not in the kitchen, in the dining room, we had a gigantic thing that said happy birthday, my son's name, and had everybody sign 
behind the walls and then like a big scroll that said, you know, sign in here or whatever on the walls. And and then he shares his birthday month with his great grandmother and his uh, grandpa and a mother of a friend of ours. And so we put all their names on the wall and drew other, you know, characters around them and uh, and just had a had a blast. But I was probably up till like three in the morning painting Tigger on the wall. I wanted to save it when we we knocked the house down, but it didn't survive. I I bet it did not, but that is awesome. That is a really cool idea. Now, let's talk about the series PJ's Backyard Adventures. Now, am I right? Are there three books now? We have published two, and we're writing. The the third one is written. We're currently working on it and illustrating it as we speak. So tell me about the first two. What was the subject, Rebecca, of the first book? The first book is about the character. It's introducing PJ. It's called PJ. PJ's Backyard Adventures, Who is PJ? And it's an early reader book for ages two to eight because kids read at different times. Some read at two, some read at eight. But the essence for every child who reads this book is that there's something in it for every type of learner. And I've had a great, uh, have a, I've had great support from an early literacy and learning specialist named Bonnie Lee Nichols about the series because she said, Rebecca, Books like this don't exist today in traditional publishing. They're either readers or early readers that rhyme, but yours is an activity book where kids can engage in the story. There are simple sentences, and on each page, there is a dolch sight word that are words that children in kindergarten, first, second, third grade, there's a list of words that children should practice and at each age and there's a sight word highlighted in the sentence and that word is hidden in the illustration which is so fun for kids they love that aspect of the book they get to play in the book and pj is a boy who plays outside and travels the world in his imagination so in each book he goes to a different place around the world so in the first book he learns about the seven continent and it talks about the character and how he every day is a new adventure in pj's backyard and the second The second book is called PJ's Backyard Adventures Play at a Paris Playground, and it's about a real playground in Luxembourg Gardens in Paris, France. That is amazing. I love hearing about that, and I love how you incorporate, you know, a sense of globalism. I think that that's very fun because oftentimes kids don't necessarily know what's not right there in front of them. Absolutely. And my son's experience in Montessori was something that I wanted to bring to all children. In Montessori, they learn the different continents. They start learning about each continent and the countries on the continent. And when they went into a traditional learning environment in elementary school, that was lost a bit in their courses. And so that aspect of Montessori was something that I wanted to be able to bring to all kids in a book and learning about different places and cultures. I love it. And Marty, you must have had a lot of fun illustrating that. Oh, yeah, it's been great. I was just thinking about this, like when Rebecca sends me the pictures for what she wants to base um, the the adventure around. Right now we're working on um, uh, China. I mean, how can you just do one book about China? But PJ goes to the Great Wall. So everybody knows the Great Wall of China, right? It's the one thing you can see from space, the man, man belt thing you can see from space. And um, so PJ goes to the Great Wall and he meets this girl and she has family members in every corner of China. And so they talk about dim sum with his aunt. And then they talk about, you know, going to the, the Harbin Ice Festival and they talk about going to the Forbidden Palace. 
Hudson um, and the, the narrow streets with his uncle on a motorcycle. And it's just, it, it's really neat. So Rebecca got to go with, to China with her family and she sent me all of these research photos of all the different places in China. And I felt like I could go there in my imagination. Um, so I get to have PJ, you know, even though I, I don't get a chance to go to China right now, I can visit China through PJ and that's what kids are experiencing too, which is really cool. This kind of makes me wonder how this connects with the outside aspect. So when the the fact that it's also an activity book, does do the activities lead the kids to somehow getting outside in their environment? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I was important that I thought was really important with an early reader book is to keep the theme of outdoor play really present at a time that they're learning to read because kids do love to play outside and over time as there are different influences um, or scheduled activities they might have things that compete for their attention so with PJ every day he runs outside and he asks where should we go today so it's about this sense of creative play outside that we all probably grew up with. I mean, that's how Marnie and I spent our summers and we spent our weekends. We were just in the backyard, mm -hmm. um, making up games, making up adventures, making up stories. And so to keep that creative aspect of play present in the book was important. But then also at the end of the book itself, it prompts the children to draw their favorite place to play. So there's an open page for that. And then for the older ones and the younger ones can express this just verbally, where else could your PJs and imagination take you? So it prompts the children to start telling their own stories of outdoor play and where they go when they play outside. And it's been, a, I love working with children and I've worked with over 6,000 children around the world. And with this latest project of PJ's Backyard Adventures over the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to read the stories to a lot of um, preschoolers and kindergartners, first graders, second graders. And it's amazing to hear kids as young as the age of two be able to answer the question, where would your imagination take you? And I remember very vividly recently at a, a preschool, the teacher told me she won't answer you. And I looked in her eyes and she looked into mine and she said, the beach. Oh. So really, there's a, an engagement aspect about outdoor play where children start to tell about their experiences of outdoor play and where they'd like to go outside. And so it really, you know, they can play outside like PJ. I've heard uh, my nephew, not Marnie's son, but my other nephew say to his mother um, when she offered to take a PJ cutout outside with him, we have activities where you can Actually, on beoutsideandgrow.com, my website, you can print out PJ and you can cut him out and you can take him outside with you. He's, he's almost like a, a friend to take outside. And my nephew said to my sister, well, I don't want to take PJ. I'm being PJ. <laughs> wow. So he wanted to step outside just like PJ and to use his imagine just like P imagination just like PJ. That is awesome. I really, really like this idea. I really resonate with it. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia and only recently moved to New York City and have noticed 
being around children in New York City that they don't get outside as much. And it really does seem to affect their spatial skills and their physical skills as well. And so it's something I'm really conscious of with my son that I need to make sure that he gets used to using his body and being outside and having that chance to play and that it will all help him in the long run. Of course, with his creativity and imagination, but also with his ability to take care of his physical self as well. Yes. And time in nature has been shown to reduce stress, improve cooperation in children, lessen aggression. You know, kids need to get their wiggles out. Adults do too. And so having that, you know, consciously stepping outside to do that every day is really important. I concur. Three cheers for that. Now, I think this leads us to a good point. We are coming up on the holiday season for many folks. It is perhaps a little cooler in their part of the world. Um, Rebecca, what would you suggest for folks who are looking to get outside with their children at this time of year? Well, one of the things I love to suggest to families is you know, look at the time in between your schedule or look at your schedule and think about things that you can do outside. So for example, have your snack outside. I love to take hot cocoa with my kids outside. You could put it in a little travel cup for them or, you know, kids like like their hot cocoa a little lukewarm so it could probably even go in a sippy cup. And you can just take take a walk with your hot cocoa. Have your have your hot cocoa outside. Um, another thing that I suggest is you know have a warm-up race. A lot of times, you know, I well, I hate being cold. I never like being cold. And a lot of times I was the obstacle to getting my family outside. So you could say, let's have a warm-up race. And everybody gets their stuff on, which a lot of times you get warm doing that. <laughs> and you go outside and you see who can warm up the fastest, which of course you're doing all sorts of funny, strange things together. Um, another one would be that the daylight is dwindling, which is hard for people. But you know, keep some flashlights by the door. You can get great battery operated glow sticks online. You keep those on hand. You can play tag in the dark with your um, with your glow sticks. Uh, you can also just turn them off and look at the stars. You don't kids don't have to stay up as late anymore to look at the stars. Um, so those would be a few things where you can sort of look at the change in the season as an opportunity to do fun things together. You could go hunt for twinkle lights, for example, you know, things you can't do at other times of year. Excellent. I love all those ideas. Those are super fun. My son and I actually enjoyed some hot chocolate outside today. Oh, <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah, it was his first hot chocolate. So he he uh, had Aww. a little sip and then his eyes you know, got really wide and he was really excited. Oh, that's so fun. That's really cute. <laughs> well, and I always say that time outside is almost together as a family. It's almost like you've bottled that feeling of your best family vacation when you're smiling and laughing, you're open to doing new things and adventure. And it almost like opens up the bottle for just a little bit. And there's such magic and wonder that can happen in just moments outside that just helps make time stand still and really creates a lasting bond in just a few minutes together 
throughout the day. It's amazing the way you say that. It reminds me of exactly the relationship that I have with my parents. And my happiest memories are times where we're outside, where we're you know, at a, my uncle's cabin in the Pocono Mountains or going to Long Beach Island and being on the beach. Or, you know, when I was playing soccer and they were outside cheering me on and it was cold and we had hot <laughs> chocolate. So all really happy memories. That's great. There's something that Rebecca actually says a lot when she speaks and and it has inspired me because I know that I am often the obstacle to getting our family outside. My son wants to go outside all the time. And luckily we have a nice backyard and he can, it's fenced in, he can go out there and, and we have a dog. Um, but Rebecca says, when your kids ask you to go outside, say yes. And that just changing that little mindset to being like, oh, gosh, I, I have to do this and I, I don't know that I can. But, you know, even going outside for just a few minutes with your kids it, it really changes your perspective and you get fresh air and it helps if you're in a funk to change things up and just notice stuff that you wouldn't otherwise notice. I love that too. Have either of you read Shonda Rhimes' The Year of Yes by any chance? I have not, but I'm wanting to. <laughs> I was following that philosophy when I met my husband. <laughs> oh, excellent. I love that one of the things that she says is that she often didn't play with her kids when they came and asked her to and that she made the decision to change that to always being a yes whenever they said you know they wanted to play with her that she would always say yes even if it made her late or she wasn't doing something else that she really wanted to make sure that she was always making time for that oh i love that she's a kindred that's spirit that's fantastic yeah i and i learned the hard way you know when there were times that i said no the mo you know that moment of opportunity with my child to have quality time was gone. And so telling myself to say yes, took advantage of all those opportunities. And now my kids are 12 and 14. I started the journey of getting outside with them every day when they were two and four. And they, they still do ask me to play outside with them, but it is far less often than it used to be. And so I still have that rule for myself. And in fact, uh, played basketball with my 12 year old today when he asked me to go outside with him. I am looking forward to playing basketball with my son. <laughs> I do hope he likes it. I'm sure he will. Now, a question for you a little bit about the practical side of this. So you had this wonderful idea for a book series. Now, how did you go about getting it published? So, <laughs> <laughs> so with my first book, my parenting book, 15 Minutes Outside, that was published uh, traditionally by a publisher in Chicago called Sourcebooks. And this PJ's Backyard Adventure series, I did pitch it to several people, and they said, there's nothing like this today, which you would think would be just a reason for someone to scoop it up, but it actually became an obstacle to traditional publishing because it didn't fit in a particular mold of how they sell and distribute books. So I decided not to let that deter me and um, through an introduction, a friend who had self-published essentially through an independent publisher, you know, who takes on specific projects, but doesn't, you know, there aren't as many obstacles, I guess, to getting your, your book picked 
stuff and you do you pay for the process um i am publishing through this independent publisher and we've done the first two books through a company called lightning source i have distribution worldwide through amazon and i do have distribution uh two bookstores through a distributor the the rules of returns and things like that are a bit different but i do have the opportunity to distribute to many different places so that's fantastic. You know, in one model in the tr traditional sense, you make far less per book in exchange for their marketing power. And I'm, I'm very grateful that 15 minutes outside after being out in the market five years still sells today, every week, all around the country and the world, which is fantastic. Um, PJ's Backyard Adventures, we make more per book, but all of the marketing is up to us. So it's a, it's a different model, but I have to say one that is working out quite well. And the concept of PJ's Backyard Adventures has been picked up um, from my work in China by Scholastic Asia to be published in 14 East Asian countries. And it will be a different format. Um, we're actually going to have a Chinese illustrator. That will be a whole new adventure and whole other opportunity, but it's one that came to be because I have been self-publishing the series with Barney, which is fantastic. Wow, that is phenomenal. And I love to hear that you've gone both routes and also that you didn't let it deter you that someone from the sort of more traditional publishing world wanted or didn't want to take the story. I think that's great that you kept at it. And wow, Scholastic Asia, that is phenomenal too. <laughs> That's been a, it's been a fun experience so far, and one that came about too through my love of work working with children. I went to China with a friend and worked with three different international schools and worked with their kindergarten classes and saw how so many different children of different cultures um, love this concept, and so that was really rewarding to experience that and, and to be a part of it. Amazing. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you both sort of my, I, I like to ask a series of questions at the end of the episode, and I'm going to give you <laughs> both a chance to answer each one. And my first question, and I'll hit you first, Rebecca, is what's the biggest assumption that people make about you? Oh, gosh, maybe that things come easily to me. I, I have been known to move a lot, for example, or travel a lot or um, do different business projects. And I think people might think that it comes very easily to me. And I think I would just answer that I, I'm challenged by it all. And that is very exciting for me, but it is a roller coaster ride. Uh, Marnie, what about you? <laughs> that I'm always on stage. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, most people are like, oh, what, 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 you're not doing a play right now? What's going on with your life? Are you okay? And my life has become so much more rich and complex now because of my son and my husband and, and the life that I've fallen into now with my illustrating career, which is so funny to me because when I was in school, I always thought that my, my drawings were too kind of cartoony to be um, a serious illustrator. And, um, and, and now I find out that it's actually perfect for children's book illustrating. So, so that's been really exciting to kind of find myself in, in this mode 
now where I've been on stage my whole life. So That is awesome. And I think the illustrations are such an important part of a children's book. It's really certainly one of my favorite parts. My my son's favorite books right now, I don't know if you've ever read them, are uh, Tuesday, Tuesday oh, yes! at the Beach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he loves he loves when I make the sneezing uh, sound. <laughs> That's his favorite. But I love the pictures and I do think that the illustrations add so much. So I think it's great that you found your home there. Now I'm going to be tricky and ask the next question you you first, so Rebecca has a chance to think of her answer. Oh, no. So, okay. So, Marnie, what's the one takeaway you want people to get from this podcast? Oh, wow. I uh, When Rebecca first came up with this idea to do this book, um, it was because her son, having come from a Montessori background when he went to traditional school, was behind in reading. And so they were like, oh, well, he has to, he has to read X amount of minutes every day. And it became a slog for him. And so this kid who had loved books his whole life, loved being read to, when he got into kindergarten, first grade, he was like, it was drudgery. So the idea to come up with a, a coloring book that was a, uh, an early reader book that got kids into and excited about reading, you know, it's their um, uh uh, flashcards at the back where they can practice tracing over the words and they can practice seeing the words and seeing what they are, but they know where they are in the story. And the older kids, you see that, you know, they're like, coloring book, that's for babies. And then you start showing them that there are tricky words hidden in the pictures. And I've seen like seven, eight-year-olds go get like right up in the, in front of the book and start getting into, you know, searching for the, finding the words first and knowing what the story is all about and going back to the beginning and see if they can find them faster. So the fact that your inspiration can come from filling the needs in your own life and that the needs that you're filling in your own life can help other people, that's, I think that's a pretty big takeaway. What about you, Rebecca? I would love for people to start looking at their life and adding, sort of adding the lens of time outside to their lives or looking at their lives through the lens of time outside and to notice, Kristen, as you mentioned, thinking back to the memories of your best outdoor play or your best family memories and how much time outside was a part of those memories for you and to really think about, you know, what what kind of memories do I want for my family through time outside? Or how could I look at time outside in a different way or think of my best memories to inspire different ways of bringing that into my everyday life? Just it really has, time outside has enriched my life so much. It's certainly impacted the, the projects I have taken on, but really every day, you know, my walk outside for me, for example, is my lifeline. And I think it, it allows me to, you know, ease my mind and whatever is going on. We've certainly had a very divisive election, for example, and it can really have a healing influence not just for ourselves, but for the people around us too. Now, do you have a book, Rebecca, you'd love to recommend to the Notable Woman audience? So I assume one that's not my own. Well, <laughs> you can definitely start there. I'm going to link to both or all, all three of your books in the show notes. So don't don't worry about that. Although I will ask, what's the best way that you want us to purchase those books? Do you want us to go on Amazon? Amazon is the best way to purchase the books. And if you like really easy links to them, my website is beoutsideandgrow.com. And you can link to all three books on Amazon, 15 Minutes Outside, PJ's Backyard Adventures 1, 
and two, as well as a set of 50 open-ended questions for time outside that is an app for iPhone and on Google Play. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I do have a book, though. May I recommend it? Please do. It's a children's book. It's called The Girl Who Buried Her Dreams in a Can, and it's a true story by Dr. Tara I. Trent. I had the honor of her writing the foreword to my book, 15 Minutes Outside, and she is Oprah's all-time favorite guest. And her story of how she took her most deep desires as a child and through a tradition that her family had, buried her dreams in a can in the ground and how they came true. That story is quite inspiring and will lead to some really um, wonderful conversation in your family about what's achievable. Well, I can't wait to read that. That sounds great. Uh, Marty, what about you? Well, I was just uh, um, Googling it again so that I can see who wrote it. There is a a book called The May Queen, Women on Life, Love, Work, and Pulling It All Together in Your 30s. And I still remember this book, reading this book and being so inspired by it, Andrea N. Richeson. So it's a, it's a really uh, cool book about it's um, writers, artists, musicians, filmmakers, actors, businesswomen in their 30s taking stock of their lives and considering what they've lost, what they've gained and what they still need to learn. So it's, it's a really cool book. Sounds great. I'll definitely have to add that to my list as well. Got to learn that in the 30s. <laughs> and now... We, we spoke a little bit about websites. I wanted to make sure that people can get in touch with you, however the best way it is to connect. Uh, so any other any other ways, anything else I should link to? My website is marniepenning.com. It's getting overhauled right now. That's It's mostly um, about my my acting stuff. So so you, you can see me uh, on um, all my children and my uh, Sarah Palin impersonation is on there. I made my living during the 2008 election as a Sarah Palin impersonator. But, uh, but hopefully I will be just linking back to Rebecca's Be Outside and Grow.com website for all the illustration stuff because most of my stuff is through my work with Rebecca. You know, I'm definitely going to have to check out your 2008 work, though. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's too much of a tease. I have to oh, see yeah. It. You know, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, what about you? Anything else you want me to make sure I connect to? No, beoutsideandgrow.com is, is a great place to go. And if you'd like the individual links to the books on Amazon, if that's um, helpful, I'm happy to forward those on. Great. Thank you so much. Well, I really, really appreciate you both taking the time to join me today. I think everyone is going to love hearing your story and hearing about your excellent adventures yourselves as well as PJs. Thank you for having us, Kristen. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kristen. 